My name is Kate the Socialite, and you are listening to episode 242 of The Kate Show. Guys, it is 2024. Happy New Year. I've got a big question for you, the million-dollar question. How stressed out are you about this year in your business? Has worrying about your business or your life at large become one of your primary creative ventures? I ask because obviously here in the U.S., the economy is on a bit of a roller coaster and sometimes it might even feel like a downward plunge, but a lot of us have seen this before. And even still, you might be feeling exhausted, drained, a little bit frozen, especially if you're newer in business and you're like, did I pick the wrong time to start a business? Well, the short answer is no, you didn't. You picked the best time to start a business. Ask anyone who started a business in 2008, because no matter when you start your business, it is going to be hard. That's just the nature of it. We don't start businesses because we want to do something that is easy and a great way to make, you know, just free money because there's no such thing. But we start a business because we want control over our lives. And actually, that's what I'm going to be talking about today, that sense of control, because the control brings with it some other things that are actually not so nice. Uh, And those things can be labeled as worry or anxiety, because it turns out the more you have control over or the more you think you have control over or the more you try to control something, worry, anxiety and stress tend to follow after it like a really ugly parade. And you might have tried to find ways to fix this on your own. So Maybe you did what I did and you climbed the mountain of self-helpism. So in other words, you pursued every method of self-help out there only to find out that the view from the top of self-help mountain was actually really cloudy and you didn't feel any more confident about your business or any less worried about it either. You know, in reality, we as American entrepreneurs don't have a lot to complain about. We have the freedom to pursue our dreams and grow our businesses. Sure, taxes are ridiculous. And anyone who's been in business for more than two years or if they've had their first profitable year, they know, like, holy crap, we are paying how much in taxes? Like, why are we being punished for being successful? But that's a whole other podcast episode, which maybe I will never record because I will just get so like ticked off about it. But the point is we have a lot of pressure on us as American entrepreneurs, or if you're in Canada, if you're in the UK, I'm sure that we all have these things in common where we want what's best for our businesses. We work really hard. We feel like the success and failure of our business is up to us. And to a certain point, it is like there is such a thing as personal responsibility and professional responsibility. But here's the other part of it. We can't control everything. And the desire to control things is hurting us. And I'm speaking from personal experience here. And often when we are trying to control things that we have no business controlling, it does result in, like I said, worry and anxiety. And it spills over from our personal life to our professional life and vice versa. And it can be a real struggle. So today on the podcast, I'm taking things in a very personal direction. And you guys know that if you've been listening to the show for a while, I'm a follower of God and I don't keep quiet about it in my brand. I just don't because it would be foolish. You know, the Bible says, if you deny me before men, I will deny you. And I don't want that. I want you all to know what I believe and why I believe it because it's part of the brand and you don't have to agree with it. 
And you know what? If you're not in the mood to listen to something that's more spiritual or God focused today, then I'm giving you a heads up that you can skip this episode if you want to. But I encourage you to stick around, not because I think what I have to say is so profound, but because I'm going to share with you a very personal, vulnerable story. And I think that some part of it might at least help you feel a little bit less alone. Because that's the other thing about being an entrepreneur. It can be very lonely. Now, I also felt the need to share what I'm going to share with you today because I do speak with many of you one-on-one who seem to have the same sense of anxiety over your business that I had for so long. And you, you overanalyze every marketing decision you make You fear that one wrong move will halt the growth of your business, or you worry, as I used to, that the success you've worked so hard to achieve could just disappear overnight. And it's not a fun way to live, let me tell you. Until recently, I considered myself to be a professional worrier. I thought of nearly every possible bad scenario and came up with a solution for it. Cool, right? (laughs) Not that fun. Even though those bad things never actually happened, I went through all the emotional turmoil as though they did. However, in the midst of all of my bad event planning, something else was happening at the same time, and it was causing that needless turmoil and preventing me from the full experience of a great business and a great life. Now, ironically, the better things became in my business and in my life overall, the more I had to worry about. I was worried about losing it all by some uncontrollable calamity or my own poor choices. And this wasn't just professionally, it was personally too. Like, was I being a good enough mom? Or are my kids going to end up in therapy because of me? Am I making the right business decisions? Or am I going to end up you know, crumbling my business from within? Or how do I know if I'm actually being my best self? Like, what does that really even mean? I had a constant feeling of impending doom, like I was walking the edge of a cliff and was just one or two wrong moves away from slipping. Sounds pretty dramatic, doesn't it? And I'm pretty sure this sort of thing is what our culture would classify as anxiety. And while anxiety can be worsened by chemical factors, poor diet, or a lack of proper rest, anxiety is also an illness of the soul. And that's not something that we talk about very much because it makes people uncomfortable. But on this podcast, we make people uncomfortable. So we're going to talk about it. Because anxiety affects your soul and it impacts every choice that you make professionally and personally. So... Today, I'm going to tell you what I experienced and how I was able to come to the point where I no longer worry about my business, even if I go through a season where I lose clients. Because yes, of course that happens. That's pretty much normal. If you get in business and you don't expect to lose clients, then you're going to be in for a rude awakening, let me tell you. I've been doing this for, well, it'll be a decade in February. There are just seasons in business where you lose clients and there are seasons where you gain clients and there are seasons where everything is great in business, but you just have this feeling like, is something about to go wrong? Did I do something wrong? Am I not doing something I should be doing? And that just takes all your creative energy away from things you should be focusing on and puts it in the wrong wrong places. Yes, it has taken me almost a decade to realize all the things I'm going to share with you today. So if you are a worrier, take heart because if there's hope for me, there's hope for you. And thank God that every day is a new beginning because there are still days where I have to go all the way back to the basics and remember why I don't have to choose worry or anxiety anymore. And that's why I'm creating this episode. It's for me as much as it is for you. So make sure that you stream this episode wherever you get your podcasts and please leave a review and a rating of the show that helps more people find it. If you know someone in your life who's worried about her business right now, share this episode with her. And I would also like to thank Side Door for sponsoring this episode. 
Now, Sidedoor does help people make smarter financial choices because it gives them options for scaling their revenue, not passive income. There is no such thing as passive income, but Sidedoor gives you a smarter way to scale your design firm. You can sell trade-only products and earn an average commission of 30% on each sale, which is genius because you don't have to rely on affiliate marketing anymore, which honestly doesn't work for most people anyway, unless you have hundreds of thousands to millions of hits on your website, which most people don't, and that's okay. Beside Dory, you don't need to have massive amounts of traffic. You just need to have the right traffic to sell these collections of decor, furniture, and accessories. And when you sell a collection, you don't have to worry about the inventory or the handling of the orders, shipping, returns, customer support, anything like that. You can just curate a room, make the sale, and get paid, and Sidedoor will handle the rest. You can sell each package over and over, or you can offer a custom service that lets you handcraft a package for each client. Either way, Sidedoor is a smarter way to scale your design firm. To earn money with them, apply to join. Go to onsidedoor.com to get started today. This episode is also brought to you by HoneyBook. If you're looking for a way to streamline and automate your client process to make yourself more efficient, look no further than HoneyBook because HoneyBook can help you automate client bookings, send questionnaires, contracts, and invoices at the right time, and remind your clients of what's happening next and what information they should be providing to you. Uh, there is just so many cool things that you can do with HoneyBook, and it's well worth the investment. So go to HoneyBook.com and use the code SOCIALITE to receive 50% off your first year. All right, guys, we're going to get into a very personal episode. Thank you for sticking with me. For those of you who are like, yeah, I am, I'm not into the whole God thing. Uh, I also know that you're very open-minded and I appreciate that about my audience so much. You guys are respectful, you're tolerant, you're open-minded. And I would just ask that you listen because we're friends, not because you're going to be converted by the end of the episode or because I want you to believe what I believe. I do think that the way I believe this is the best and happiest, most joyful way to live. But I want you to make that decision for yourself. So hear me out. And thank you guys for letting me be comfortable enough to share such a personal thing on the podcast. All right, let's get into it. Let me start at the beginning. Like many people, I've struggled with worrying too much about, well, everything. Am I good enough? Am I actually helping people? Am I charging too much or too little? Am I a good mom or am I focused too much on the business? How can I be a better wife? Should I do more or should I just ask for more help? Now, since my early 20s, I've taken a deep dive into self-help resources and I've made a lot of improvements with the help of trauma counselors, great books, podcasts, and my current coach. Now you might be like, trauma counselors, what are you talking about? Uh, long story short, I was raised in a very abusive home and I had complex PTSD right around the time that I started my business. And it took years and it took all sorts of interesting therapies to kind of rewire my brain. And it was very successful and I'm so grateful for it. But there is a limit to both self-help and therapy help. Because you see, postmodern philosophy would tell us that we are the answers to our own problems. But I've lived long enough to know that just isn't true. Because despite everything that I tried to work through the rest of my own anxieties and worries, and despite all the outward signs of success that I was experiencing, 
I was still terrified of that imaginary moment when my business would fall apart or my personal life would fall apart. And that is every entrepreneur's worst nightmare. But then I realized something profound. Okay, it took me 10 years to get to this realization. And some of you might be like, really, it took you that long to realize this? Uh, and others will be like, oh, I need to hear that. So here it is. God doesn't give us things so that we can worry about them. He gives us things, our business, our kids, our other relationships, because he created us for that purpose, to fulfill that role and to be faithful to him in doing so. That was profound for me, just to know that, okay, God gave me this business, but not so I could worry about it. Like me worrying about it, me worrying about my personal life does nothing to help anyone, including me. Because here's the thing, faith and worry can't coexist because worry is just controlling behavior wrapped in good intentions. So, hi, my name is Kate and I'm a recovering control freak. Ask any business owner. We are by nature very controlling and we feel like we have to be, but that's actually not how it should be. God gave me a business in 2014 and he waited several years before making it thrive because he determined it should be that way. I wanted to be successful right away, but he wanted me to learn how to steward my business well, knowing that it would be more than I could handle if it became successful right away. And then I would need to grow into that success. And for those of you who are like, yeah, I'm still in that. I'm still like, it's not where I want it to be. You know, you could very well be on your way to success, but you are in the process of growing into it. The process is the part that shapes us into the CEO because none of us start a business and then instantly become the CEO that our business needs. It's just not how that works. We have to grow into it. Now, whether or not you follow God, you've likely heard the statement before, God never gives us more than we can handle. And that's like absolute nonsense. Not only is that idea non-existent in the Bible, but it's actually contrary to the very idea of faith. Because if God only gave us what we could handle, what boring, lackluster, and unmiraculous lives we would live. So the truth is, God does give us more than we can handle because it teaches us, it refines us, and it helps us go back to him. Self-help is a bit of an illusion because self-help would have me believe that the key to all success, happiness, and confidence lies within me. That's a lot of pressure on me, guys. What a glum outlook. I'm not the author of my fate. I'm the steward of it. I'm not the author of my business. I'm the manager of it. Now, in case you aren't familiar with this whole idea of being a good steward, Jesus himself illustrates it really beautifully in Matthew chapter 25. And I'm going to reference several different Bible passages in this podcast episode, and I will have them all listed in the resource section of the show notes in case you would like to go read them for yourself. But otherwise, I'm just going to keep moving right through it. So Jesus was telling a parable to his followers. A parable is like a story with the intention of teaching. The story was about a master who gave three of his servants various amounts of money and wanted them to go do what they would with the money. So two of the servants used the money to invest and earn interest, which is a great business principle, of course. And in response, the master said, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. So basically like, great, you did a wonderful job. I'm going to give you even more responsibility now. But that was just the case for the first two servants. The third servant had some issues, some concerns. When asked what he did with the money, he replied, well, 
I was afraid. So I went and I hid your money in the ground. Here, you can have it. Here, get it all back. Did you catch that? The servant didn't waste the money he was given. He didn't spend it on himself. He didn't go blow it somewhere on gambling. He just got worried and buried it and then gave it all back to his master. Now, in response, his master actually called him lazy. Why? Well, because he played it safe, because he obeyed his own worry instead of the command that he was given to go do something with it. And in doing so, he prevented his own success. I'm going to be totally honest with you guys. I have been that servant. I have taken what God has given me and done everything to protect it as though it were mine to control, burying it in the ground. And doing that has brought me nothing but stress and anxiety and low confidence. If I, and if you, want to step into the success of stewarding what God has given us, we have to be like the first two servants. They took risks with what they were given. They took responsibility for managing it well. And in the end, they received the highest praise we could ever receive, which is well done, good and faithful servant. Being faithful means in part not to worry. We can't both worry and be faithful all at the same time. So perhaps we could think of it as this, good job, you who finally stopped worrying. When we make choices based on faith instead of anxiety, we put ourselves in the position to experience miracles. Isn't that bizarre? All God is asking us to do is stop worrying and to give up our silly illusion of control, to get out of the way, basically. To the one who stops acting out of fear, he says, well done. A statement that both acknowledges the accomplishment of that while signifying the completeness of the act. It's done. You did it. You might think that if God would just give you a step-by-step written instruction on how to run, market, and manage your business, you could have more peace about it. You might think that if your business would just reach certain revenue goals, you could totally stop worrying about it. But my friend, I've tried that and it doesn't work. The idea of hitting certain big revenue goals that will remove your worries is a complete illusion, one that I have had to dismantle. I realized I was putting faith in how many clients would hire me. I was also putting faith in the numbers in my bank account. And I would trust God only as long as those numbers stayed where I wanted them, which meant I wasn't trusting God at all. It's embarrassing, to be honest. I thought I was so faithful. Like, here I am running the business that God gave me, which I was, but I put my faith in the thing I was given instead of in the one who gave it to me. Like, how dumb is that? Like, I'm I'm calling myself out here. Like, that was just foolish. I can see that I had little faith, not zero faith, of course, but just like very little. It's honestly a miracle that God has chosen to continue blessing my business when all the while I was doing such a poor job of being faithful. But that's the grace of God in action. And I know I'm not the only one who's experienced this. I've spoken with many of you who have said the same thing. Like, man, I'm I'm concerned about the choices that I make in my business. And I overthink and I get overwhelmed and I end up just running in place, like running really hard and getting nowhere and throwing things against the wall to see what will stick. Like, I just don't know what to do. So I do everything or I do nothing. That's human nature, but that's not how we're supposed to stay. Now, in case you've never heard the story I'm about to tell you. Let me give you a little backstory here. Uh, A story of Peter, one of Jesus' disciples who literally walked on water. So yeah, it was a miracle. Let me tell you. Peter and his friends were waiting for Jesus on a boat, but Jesus didn't show up until sometime in the middle of the night. And by that point, the storm had begun and it had pushed the boat far from the shore. And there that was no problem for Jesus. I mean, he just started walking across the water through the rolling waves right toward the boat. Now, Peter and the other guys on the boat started freaking out. And they were like, oh, no, it's a ghost. <laughs> because, well, like, who walks on water through a storm, no less? 
And Jesus had to reply with, and I paraphrase here, don't freak out, guys, it's just me. But Peter, who was totally like the Enneagram 3 type A of the group, he was such a bulldozer. He wasn't satisfied. He was like, okay, Jesus, if it's you, I want you to give me the ability to walk on water too. And Jesus basically replied, okay, come over here. Now, full of faith that he wouldn't sink, the Bible says that Peter got out of the boat and he walked on the water and came to Jesus. So he walked all the way across the water right up to Jesus. But then he saw the wind and he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. And Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, Oh, you with little faith, why did you doubt? Why do we doubt? Because we take our eyes off Jesus, even in the midst of a miracle happening, even when he's standing right in front of us. But here's the amazing part about Peter's story that brought me so much hope. Jesus didn't wait for Peter to start having faith again before he saved him. The Bible says Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him. Jesus closed the gap between Peter and himself, and he didn't even call Peter faithless. He just said, you of little faith. Although Peter had good intentions when he looked around at the storm and a sense of self-preservation started kicking in, the same way yours might if you see an economic downturn that might potentially uh, hurt your business, but focusing on the uncertainty stopped him from moving forward and literally made him sink. This might be similar to you or I feeling stuck, overwhelmed, and unable to make clear decisions because of external factors that we actually cannot control. The Bible says many times over that we shouldn't worry about anything, like nothing, zero, zilch. In fact, Jesus is really specific about what exactly not to worry about in Matthew chapter 6. Here's what he says. Do not be anxious about your life. That pretty much sums it up. But he goes on. What you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. Your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Why do you think Jesus talked about the basics, like food and clothing? Well, Jesus understood Maslow's hierarchy of needs long before Maslow ever existed in the 1950s. You see, Maslow's hierarchy of needs is a psychological principle that states there are five levels of human need, the first and most important being the need for food, shelter, and clothing. That base level need has to be met before it's possible for any of the other needs to be met, which makes sense. If we don't have food and shelter, we're not going to live very long. That's why Jesus started with the foundational needs of humanity and said, you know those things you need in order to survive? Yeah, don't worry about them. And if we don't have to worry about that, what more do we have left to worry about? Now, Jesus didn't say that we should just lay around and become passive or, you know, develop into some sort of socialist society or communist society where everyone is equal and they get a paycheck no matter if they work or not. That's not at all what this is saying. This is where being a good steward comes into play. It means managing what he's given us with wisdom and integrity, giving to those who need it, and not staking our faith on the gift, but rather in the giver of all good things, because God didn't give us our businesses, our families, our lives, just so we could worry about them. In fact, Jesus also said, and which of you by being anxious can add a single hour to his span of life? If then you're not able to do such a small thing as that, why are you anxious about the rest? Now, wait a minute. 
Did Jesus just say that adding extra hours to our own lifespan is a small thing? For us, that would be a miracle if worrying about things could actually do something as extraordinary as make us live longer. And yet he says that's a small, easy thing. Well, for him, anyway. And if we can't even make ourselves live longer by worrying, then why on earth are we still doing it? But you might be asking, okay, is it possible to live a worry-free life? That seems almost ridiculous. Well, let me ask you this. What would your life look like if you didn't worry about anything? Sounds like a dream, doesn't it? So freeing, so lighthearted, but almost like a fantasy. I mean, just think how much more mental space and creativity you would have. Well, that's actually how we're supposed to be living, without worry about a single thing for a single moment. If you and I stopped worrying, just imagine how much happier we would be. What great clarity we would have, how present we would be in every moment. Think about the awesome wisdom and decision-making skills that would result from living with an unburdened mind. You might think, as I've often struggled with it, not worrying would just mean lackadaisical behavior, which means things would go undone or start falling apart without you there to hold it all together. And I get it. You and I are not the first women to think that, actually. Have you ever heard the story of Mary and Martha? Well, in Luke chapter 10, here's what happens. Now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village. And a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. Okay, so Martha was very much into hosting. And she had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. So Mary and Martha, two sisters, two completely different sets of priorities. Martha, it says, was distracted with much serving. So she was trying to be the hostess with the mostest. She wanted the food to be just right. She wanted the guest space to be ready. And she was exhausted. And she went up to Jesus and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve all alone? Tell her then to help me. Like, she was basically like, um, excuse me, I need some help here. My sister is just sitting here listening to you talk, but she actually needs to be in the kitchen working with me. This is what Jesus said to her. Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. In other words, the many things Jesus spoke about, the busy work, the overanalyzing behavior we try to maintain, he said, it's not necessary. Those are his words, not mine. And what a relief that is. But does this mean our businesses will automatically and always be successful if we just don't worry about it? That life will always be good if we just don't worry about it? Well, not at all. Jesus said in John 16, in the world, you will have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. The world is outside of our control, but it's completely within God's control. Yet I wanted to control as much as possible to stay safe, to protect what's most important to me, my kids, my business, everything, as though I have the power to do those things. Now, here's the thing. Illness happens. Bad economy happens. Accidents happen. And none of that is within our control. And from a purely business standpoint, the economy doesn't determine whether our business is successful. Our pipeline doesn't get full just because we decided it should be that way. Those things change on a daily basis. But God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. He knows all things. He sees all things. And he says, stop worrying about it. But what if like, you're like, okay, I get the idea of not worrying about it, but I still don't know what to do. Like, I still don't know how to make good decisions in my business. I want to be that good steward, but I don't know what to do. Here's the thing. If you're facing something in your life or your business that is leaving you bewildered, don't worry because there's an actionable step for you in James chapter one. And it says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach 
and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. Hmm, Kind of like how Peter was tossed around at sea when he had little faith. Yep, exactly like that. I, for one, am sick and tired of letting myself get tossed around by all the different news headlines that say this economic crash is coming and the stock market went up and down again and -and so-and-so started a war and somewhere and things are bad and terrible and awful. Because here's the thing, my life and everything in it is a gift and it was not given to me so I could worry about it. That would be a misuse of the gift and it would be so incredibly insulting to an almighty God. The same is true for you. Your business might be struggling right now. Your personal life might be a mess right now, or maybe it's not. But how does worrying make anything better? And how does worrying prevent anything bad from happening? All it does is add stress upon stress and often creates stress where there is never needs to be any at all. So here's what you need to do, according to Philippians chapter four. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. In other words, be thankful for what you have and ask God for what you need. It is as simple as that. God can handle your stress. He can handle your worries. He can handle your doubts, even your doubts about him. And I challenge you to start asking him your hardest questions. Start asking him for wisdom about running your business, even if you've previously never said a word to him. Like, I'm not saying that you have to have had this long relationship with God and have read the whole Bible five times. No. I'm just saying, if you've never really thought about doing this before, you should consider it. We ask Google all the time for information. Why are we not asking an omniscient and omnipotent God? Even if you have doubts that he exists, try it. Ask him. Now, here are a few encouraging words to keep in mind from Jeremiah chapter 17. But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. And also from Proverbs, have no fear of sudden disaster or of the ruin that overtakes the wicked, for the Lord will be at your side and will keep your foot from being snared. And then finally, from 2 Timothy, for God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. It's time to take back the only thing we can control, guys, and that is ourselves. Because if we give up worrying and we just focus on making sure that we are good stewards, we have really not a lot of reason for stress. Even when we look at things that the bad things happen, terrible things happen, um, we can't prevent that. We can control how we respond to it. We can control how we help those who are victims of it. We can not control the economy, but we can control the way we vote. We can control the way we manage the money that we have coming in. We can manage our team and we can help do ourselves and our families a huge favor by stop trying to control things that are not ours to control. Giving up the illusion of control is one of the most mature things that we can do. And I've been very immature about this in many areas of my life, especially over the last decade. So for me to sit here and be like, This is taking me 10 years to learn that God didn't give me my business so I could worry about it. God didn't give me my kids so that I could have intrusive thoughts about terrible things happening to them 15 times a day. For you, you might be worrying about something else entirely. No matter what you're worrying about, you don't don't need to. It's not helping. And I think you know that. I think we all know that. So my hope is that this gives you something to think about. My hope is that this brings you some peace 
And if this is something that you've just never heard about before, or if you're like, uh, this felt a lot like a church sermon and I really didn't subscribe to your podcast for that reason, that's fair. That's fair, guys. But God is the reason why I'm in business and I would be doing you all a disservice if I left that part out. So if you have questions about this episode, feel free to email me. I'm not sure if I'll be able to answer all your questions because I am not a bottomless pit of information. I am someone who is learning, usually learning from my own mistakes, but learning nonetheless. And I love connecting with people who are on the same journey, the journey that goes beyond self-help, the journey that goes beyond just trying to micromanage your business, the journey that goes beyond worrying about things that are not ours to worry about. So uh, what do you have to lose, guys, if you stop worrying? You've got nothing to lose, but you've got a whole lot to gain. And remember, the moment we use faith instead of fear, we set ourselves up for a miracle. And I'm excited to see what miracles happen in your lives. I'm excited to see what miracles happen in mine. Uh, it is an exciting time to be alive, and it's a great time to be in business. Until next week, I want you to keep your marketing simple. I want you to stop worrying about it. I want you to keep your message clear. And the only way you're going to get that clarity is if you let your mind be at rest and be still. All right, guys, I will talk to you soon.